Hey, friends, welcome to week three of fantasy football. <laughs> friends. friends. Listeners. Listeners. Friends. <laughs> Colleagues. League mates. <laughs> Those pass rushes were great now. That's exactly what we want to do right there. Hey, what defense is that? Sprout left exit, Richard Nixon. Hell no. It's the Nickel and Brime package. Ooh, I like that. I like it. Now, here's your hosts, Nick and Brian. How many football games did you watch this week, Brian? Uh, I watched... Uh, pretty much every single one of them. Yeah, I think I saw most, uh, all the first set of games on Red Zone. You didn't miss much for Monday night. Yeah. I mean, the only cool thing was Ethan and Waylon for the Bears and the Redskins. That, <laughs> never mind. So it was semi-worth watching only because of that narrative. Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to go ahead and start with our fact-checking, and we can now officially end our fact-checking for this episode. We had nothing that was totally wrong from our previous episode. I'm kind of shocked by that, but hey, we perfect. We were perfect last episode. So how do you feel? I feel accurate. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there weren't any incorrect facts. There was no fake news in the last episode, but I don't know that all of our predictions came out to be true. I know I was totally wrong about the Chiefs and Baltimore game, for instance. I had picked the Ravens to win that, but... Um, but no actual things that were presented as fact were incorrect. So that's where I want to pat us on the back for. I saw this stat. Lamar Jackson's two losses as a starter has both come from playing Kansas City in Arrowhead. Huh. I didn't think about that. Because they beat him in the um, postseason last year, and they beat him again right now, or last weekend, well, let's get into some recent news. There were some pretty big injuries this week. Thankfully, not very many, but the ones that uh, did happen were, were pretty big. And the first one is uh, the biggest fantasy-wise is Saquon Barkley's ankle. Uh, sure. My ankle. Saquon, <laughs> take my ankle. <laughs> uh, do you think that would help or hurt? I think at this point in time, it probably would hurt him because I don't know. You said you didn't watch any of these games, right? As soon as Matt Gay missed that field goal, he mm. came running <laughs> in a boot on his crutches to go wow. celebrate with everybody. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I would say I would give him my ankle, but I think my ankle would make him a worse football player. Yeah, I'm pretty sure his injury is probably better than both of our ankles together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what they could do, though, is take some of his like, I feel like they could take some of his quad and like morph it into an ankle <laughs> like just massage it down into the ankle <laughs> or some sort of like ankle reconstructive surgery right, using right. quad muscle i don't know but yeah uh saquon heal up i know you're listening i know you're a big fan of this this show so heal up man we we miss you we want to see you on the field too fast um, too furious cannot wait for sasquatch <laughs> to return yeah in the meantime send everybody please send discounted trade offers to brian i will accept them Cam Newton is looking at a possible Lens Franck injury. I think it usually has a pretty long recovery process. So it looks like it's Kyle Allen's show for a little while. T.Y. Hilton left the game with a quad injury. I know they were trying to figure out what it was. It was either, a, they think, originally a contusion, but then they said no. 
it could have possibly been a tear. Uh, not really sure what's going on there. Potentially big news for the Colts or potentially not big news. We'll just still have to wait and see. And then um, Edelman had a rib injury that is deemed not serious, but he was knocked out of the second half of his game. So I just want to say real quick, uh, it's Liz Frank injury. You said Liz Frank or something yeah. like that. You said it wrong. I do believe that you are correct. Thousand percent correct. Um, Daniel Jones, Kyle Allen had some really nice debuts as starters this season. Kyle Allen had a start last season, but both of them had some pretty incredible starts. Uh, Kyle Allen threw four touchdowns and Daniel Jones counted for four touchdowns, but also 300 yards passing. These two, Nick, are totally polar opposites. Kyle Allen is forced into a role in in the Carolina offense where he has really good weapons that have really good yards after the catch. And he has Greg Olson and Christian McCaffrey to dump off to. So he's surrounded by really good talent. Daniel Jones is not surrounded by awesome talent. Saquon went out pretty early in this game, and he still balled out. So I'm so impressed. Now, to be taken with a grain of salt, maybe because it was the Buccaneers defense. But to be fair, they'd been decent up to this point. Todd Bulls turned that defense organization around, my dude. So, yeah. Hats off to Daniel Jones. I guess he's going to be keeping Eli on the bench for at least another week. So. <laughs> <laughs> bye weeks. It's hard to believe, but bye weeks happen in week four, which seems kind of unfair, to be honest, because how much wear and tear are you going to have in week four versus those that get the bye week in like week 10? I think it'd be really interesting to see if the NFL could make more money and have teams bid on what bye week they want. <laughs> That's you know, interesting. like, like the Bengals, for example, would have a, an early bye week because of, you know, AJ green. You're saying when they have injured players or players who are injured early. Uh huh. So then they can kind of custom buy and then plan how they want to, you know, end their season. You know what I mean? Yeah, that'd be interesting. I know the NFL is all about making money. So that so, yeah, <laughs> that's not a bad idea. Send that on up uh, to old Roger. See what he thinks. You listening, Roger? <laughs> Brian got the ideas. <laughs> um. So, yeah, we won't see any of the 49ers or the Jets this week due to the bye weeks. So oh, thank God. Yeah, I'm not too upset about it. <laughs> Just leave Kittle. Kittle gets a week to to figure his poop out, you know, and Old maybe he'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, and then right before we had started recording tonight, um, this is Tuesday night that we're recording, the Seahawks traded away Nick Vanette to the Steelers. I, we don't really know what for yet. This is potentially bad news for Vance McDonald because I think he was seen wearing a sling today at some point or something like that. Wow, okay. So, yeah, so it might maybe they just got news about Vance McDonald's injury being more serious than they thought. I, I'm not really sure, but it would seem to indicate something bad for Vance. But still interesting, the, the Steelers, as we said last week with trading for Minka Fitzpatrick, they're they're not giving up on this season and they are 0 and 3 right now. All right. So let's go into some of the recaps of the games from this past week. We'll start with the Thursday night game or. Uh, I don't know if you can really call it a game, a uh, Thursday night thing that happened. And that was the Titans versus the Jaguars. The final score was 7-20. to 20. And, uh... <sighs> <sighs> Man. Um, 
this game was ugly from the beginning. <laughs> and yeah, I, I have to pull this up because because Mariota's ugly. Mariota didn't have a great game, that's for sure. But because I'm a Mariota apologist, I want to just say this real quick. I found a tweet by John Glennon. He's a sports writer for The Athletic. He had tweeted out the pass blocking grades based on PFF scoring. So Ben Jones, our center, was at 78. These are out of 100, just for reference. Uh, Jones so far has been the third best center in all of football, according to PFF. So really solid. Dennis Kelly filling in at left tackle for Taylor Lewan while he serves a suspension, 77. Also very good. Jack Conklin at right tackle, 68. Okay. Roger Saffold, left guard, 58. So pretty mediocre. I think 50 is like your average. So he was just slightly above average. And Jamil Douglas playing right guard, 12.4. <laughs> I don't know how they score these things, but I'm guessing that you get 10 points just for wearing the right damn uniform is, onto the field. Is that guy's hands broke or something? Uh, dude, I don't know, man. Uh, 12.4. That's awful. I guess I, he got I, an extra two points because he didn't trip on his shoelaces going into the <laughs> huddle. Like, I I don't know, man. Had, had his cleats on the right feet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, oh looks like I got my cleats on the wrong feet again. Going toward it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. It was, it was frustrating. Mariota needs to get rid of the ball faster, but a lot of that was just some god-awful line play. So I don't really want to talk any more about it. Uh, Gardner Minshew looked great. Real quick, real quick, because we spent so much time on the Titans already. How many more games like this is it going to take for the old Tannehill to come out? You know, fans of the Titans organization are already wondering that how themselves. How many more games, Nick? Yeah. As a fan yourself, how many more games? I do not think that Tannehill will get a shot prior to week six. That's my guess, because I think the coaches understand that the line is not their best line combination. Barring injury, of, right? Well, yeah, it, that's true. Yeah, yeah. If there's an injury before, then yeah. Um, but Taylor Lewan is coming back in week five. And so this is the last game they're going to have without their Pro Bowl left tackle. So once he comes back, I think if Mariotto continues to get sacked, then they're going to look to Tannehill and hope that Tannehill has a quicker trigger and he's not holding the ball so long. That's my prediction. So I don't think it comes any sooner than week six. I think they're very similar quarterbacks. They are. They're extremely similar. And that's the thing I think a lot of people forget. That's why I was asking you, you know, how quick. And I can honestly tell you, I don't think they're going to make a change because of how similar they are. I mean, Tannehill's career... I don't have any numbers in front of me, but there's a reason why Jarvis Landry ran like six yards down and caught the ball like 160 times every year. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Mariota and Tannehill's stats are really similar. Mariota actually has a slight edge in passing and rushing in just about every major mm -hmm. um, statistic and including wins. Uh, which I know are team-based as well. But but yeah, he's never quite figured it out. I will say their supporting cast is eerily similar too. Yeah. Tannehill had, what, three head coaches in his six-year stint with the Dolphins. Mariota's on his third head coach. Tannehill had four offensive coordinators during his time with the Dolphins. Mariota's on his fourth offensive coordinator. It's super weird, man. Like, really, really similar. I really so. want to ask another question of you, but I think we've spent too much time on the Titans. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. We'll go ahead and move on. 
The Bengals got beat out by the Bills, 21 to 17. The Bills are still undefeated. The Cowboys took care of the Dolphins, 31 to 6, as pretty much everybody anticipated. The Packers knocked off the Broncos, 27 16. The Colts edged out the Falcons, 27 24. The Chiefs took care of the Ravens, 33-28. Again, I was wrong about my prediction. I predicted the Ravens to pull that win off, but the Chiefs just looked unstoppable the first half of that game. The Vikings took care of the Raiders by 20, 34-14. The Patriots beat the Jets, 30-14. And ending the early slot games, the Lions beat the Eagles, 27-24. Not only are the Lions still undefeated, they were the only team in the games that I just listed to win on the road which I thought was really interesting. I wouldn't have picked the Lions as a road winner over all of the other teams. Into the later slot of games, we had the Panthers 38, Cardinals 20, which I think you had predicted the Cardinals to win. I thought the Cardinals were going to win as well, and then Kyle Allen decided to ball out. So It was definitely because Kyler Murray threw too many interceptions. This game. <laughs> I mean, having Kyle Allen throw four touchdowns didn't hurt him any, but I'd say you're probably right. Well, I would just like to see how many of those points, probably 14 of those points, goes away because of the interceptions. The Giants beat the Buccaneers by the slimmest of margins, 32-31, as you had mentioned, on a, on a missed kick by Matt Gay. We joke about the NFL being extremely scripted. There is no way... The NFL's not scripted. <laughs> because into the game, the, the Giants are losing. Our star rookie, first round pick, going on a <laughs> game-winning drive, and he runs it in for the touchdown. Yeah. There's like a minute left, and he makes play after play after play, and then oh, no one's open. I'm scrambling. I'm scrambling. Right to the end zone. He wins the game. Single-handedly wins the game from a huge deficit and he's legitimately the hero this isn't by coincidence <laughs> now i gotta go back and watch the end of this game you have to dude the yeah. last three minutes or something <laughs> he just completes pass completes the pass completes the pass no one's open runs it in crazy dude crazy the texans took care of the chargers 27 20 in the late slot of games this was the only home team to win was the 49ers they beat the steelers 24 20 I don't know how they 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 won, dude. They had with I think, all those turnovers. Yeah, yeah. I think they had what five to six fumble interceptions, something like that. It was just a combined sixteen turnovers or something like that. I, it was insane. It was on red zone that I was seeing it, and I even remember asking myself out loud, "Do the Steelers ever have the ball?" <laughs> It's funny because the 49ers kept dropping it, but every highlight they showed was the 49ers putting it on the turf, you know, or interception so um apparently they had it they just didn't do anything with those turnovers yeah it was bad the saints beat out the seahawks 33 to 27 or i guess i might want to call them the seattle russell wilsons because russ took that game over and unfortunately couldn't quite pull it off against teddy bridgewater led saints he deserves every single penny oh yeah he, of that contract he is the team yeah Russell Wilson is the man. He's an amazing player. <laughs> this is proof of what I said last week where I'm like Sean Payton is a good coach. In the Sunday night game, the Rams beat out the Browns 20 to 13. I 
didn't watch any of this game. I think I, I had it on in the background, but I was playing video games. And so you remember when I said Aaron Donald was playing like a hot sack of garbage? I do remember that. Yes. Yeah. He uh, came to play this game. Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth kept repeating the same thing again and again and again, like how they repeat. Did you know Antonio Gates and Jimmy Graham were basketball players or some blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like they do every single game <laughs> they, they cast. Yeah. Well, it was the opposite of this. It was if Baker holds the ball for longer than two seconds, his quarterback rating goes from like something to something. It's really bad. So he really needs to throw it within under two seconds. <laughs> and they showed his stats. It was crazy. I think throws with under two seconds were 160 yards and two touchdowns. And then throws of two seconds or longer was 30 yards or something like that. It was crazy. I apologize for all that editing you're probably going to have to do for that. <laughs> That's okay. And then in our Monday night game, we kind of talked about this a little bit. The Bears finished off the Redskins 31 to 15 and clinched the win for Ethan over Whalen. But I also just want to say I was looking through interesting tidbits around the league prior to this week, and uh, Mitch Trubisky did not have a passing touchdown prior to this week. So Taylor Gabriel is the only Bears player to have a receiving touchdown because he caught all three of Mitch Trubisky's touchdown passes. Briefly talking about some of the fantasy matchups we had this week, I want to very briefly touch on the first one because, God, did it suck. And that was Mark <laughs> versus me. And Mark got his first win of the season, so congrats to Mark. He also, I just want to throw this out there, he scored more than 100 points, more than what he had last week. He scored yeah. 72 points last week, and uh, was it 176 this week? Way to crush Nick, Mark. Yeah, um, I looked back at my perfect lineup, I guess. I was just about to ask you about that. Yeah, it would have been 151. So there was oh, nothing yeah. I could He's, do. He still covered you hard. I just want to say WTF. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the heck's going on here, man. But yeah, it either way, nothing I could have done about it. So um, we're on to Cincinnati. We're on the Cincinnati. <laughs> Uh, next game was Waylon versus Ethan, and as we mentioned earlier, upset Ethan, of the week. Ethan pulled off that upset, and he was actually the second highest point scorer. He just barely got beat up by Mark. Mark had one seventy six point six, and Ethan scored one seventy five. Really well done by Ethan. He had mentioned in in our Slack channel how he had the geriatric pair of running backs with Lashawn McCoy and Frank Gore. So. Yeah, that would have been a really great team around like 2010, but it worked for week three of 2019 too. So awesome job, Ethan. I'm proud of you, man. We are both proud of you, Ethan. You went from, hold on, spoiler alert. <laughs> we will come back to that. We will come back to the rankings, Ethan. Just you sit tight, my boy. <laughs> The third game was Dylan versus Brian, and Brian handily put away Dylan and is now officially the only undefeated team in the league. I would just like to say Dylan put himself away. I did not put him away. <laughs> I mean, you still scored 150 points, but yeah, he, he sort of <laughs> took himself out of it before it ever began. He um, took himself out of the league in contention <laughs> before he even like started playing i've tried to make so many trades with him and he just i've already lost dude there's no there's no coming back from this 
Scary Terry is going down with my ship, and he just won't trade him to me. It sucks. I will say this, because I know Dylan's going to be listening. Um, nobody's out of this thing. We've got... That's what uh, I'm saying, man. Brian is the only undefeated team, but there is no other winless team. So everybody's still in. Luke got beat by Derek. Derek was our our last 170-point score of the week. He scored 174.3 and moves to 2-1. and one. Luke didn't have a great week, but he did actually outscore me, so better week than me, even. Jake got beat by Evan. Evan had a uh, Mike Evans sighting, so it was a big week from Evans for Evan. So that Evans pick is paying off because I remember we had talked about it a little bit at the draft that Evan had passed up on Antonio Brown to take Mike Evans, and that's looking pretty good right now. It's looking okay. (laughs) This this is not a fluke. Yeah. This is not a fluke. This is the Giants don't have a dominant corner, and whenever there's not a dominant corner because Mike Evans is a very untalented garbage bag. You know, we it's it's relative, you know, like he's more talent than us. Interesting take on that one. Just a big old pile of garbage. If he's going against a dominant corner, he's going to be terrible. Well, I think his I don't know. Well, how many years has he been in the league? This is fifth, I think. He's never missed out on a thousand yard season. I don't know, man. He's figured it. He's figured something out. I'm really hoping that Tampa Bay can support two amazing thousand yard wide receivers this year in the last game of the week matt took care of taylor and let me just say because of the injury to saquon i think we can safely say that matt has the strongest one-two punch at running backs with mccaffrey and cook mccaffrey had scored him 31 points and cook 24 so a nice solid 55 if my math is correct so looking real good at running back Maybe a little bit weaker in some other areas. We'll kind of talk about that when we get to our rankings, too. He's looking real rough. That's like bubble gum and paper clips to hold this team together <laughs> for Matt, man. He needs to break those running backs up. We're going to go ahead and move on to our power rankings now. Last week was our first week of doing power rankings. We'd done an aggregate of Brian's rankings plus my rankings. We're adding in the ESPN rankings because ESPN actually does have fantasy football team rankings they get updated every week so i thought it'd be interesting to go ahead and add them into it too because brian and i have got some pretty spicy takes on these power rankings and maybe espn is <laughs> going to be the voice of reason i i don't know <laughs> so let's just go ahead and move through these the first two were totally unchanged number one is going to be brian makes sense the only undefeated team and are you still the points leader uh i'm i'm above wayland by like i think 20 something Okay. But he's 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 slowly closing the gap. He had a slightly better week than you this week, but not not really making up a ton of ground. With, mm-hmm. Was it nine points over you? So yeah, yeah. But Waylon sits at number two and deservedly so because, as we said, he he did take a loss this week, but it happened um, from the lightning in a bottle that was Ethan's team this week. So no changes atop the top two positions. Number three, moving up one position, is Derek. He was previously fourth, is now third this week. As we had said, he'd scored 174 points. And I just got to say this, man. We talked about your trade at length last week. Keenan Allen did mighty fine for him on on, uh, (laughs) this week. So Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. What I told him is Keenan Allen is a fantastic player. And one thing he's good at is giving you points when you don't need it. (laughs) And I guarantee you... 
Derek's going to lean on him, and one week that he really needs him, he's not going to perform. Derek's going to have to rally the troops then. Yeah, he did face Luke, who was the third lowest scorer this week, and and Derek was the third highest scorer this week. So yeah, as you said, not really totally necessary points, but made it look pretty nice for him. Somehow I took a big L this week, and I moved up to fourth from fifth. I think ESPN actually likes my team better than both myself and brian do so that I helped me out a little bit super disagree with this <laughs> <laughs> i think you need to be in the six seven area i don't remember previously what i had you at because you deleted those but you had me at like seventh i think last week you had put me at fifth this week but um i had also put myself at fifth so espn uh had me one spot ahead of where we each had us or okay. each had me i mean so um just finishing one point in the total behind me was Taylor at fifth and she was tied for fifth with me last week. So she did not move. Um, she did take another loss, but again, I think her team just has really a, a pretty solid floor. Yeah. I just think it's solid. We haven't seen her huge boom week yet. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, agreed. Sixth is a pretty big drop because this one is Matt. Uh, he had previously been in the top three and now is sitting sixth. Why don't you talk about Matt's team? Because I know you had said bubblegum and paper clips. <laughs> well, I am pretty sure I had made Matt bottom three. I you think did, it was. Yeah. 11th. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you're starting Josh Rosen and Devin Singletary, Vernon Davis, Philip Dorsett, and no kicker, you're not looking for a good time. <laughs> I know Adam Thielen caught a touchdown and ran one in but how many times has he ran one in i really don't trust the minnesota passing offense to do anything he really needs to make some trades and, and matt isn't one necessarily shy away from trades but he generally doesn't go for those big trades so it'll be interesting to see what matt does but yeah he's been he's been hurt by injury and the whole antonio brown debacle so his team looked pretty dang solid before, as we had said, and now just uh, in in the matter of one week has really taken a hit. So, Matt, interested to see what you do, man. In a tie with Matt for sixth was Mark. He actually moved up five spots. He was our biggest <laughs> improver. I, I did have him here, I think. Yeah, let's see. You had Mark. You had Mark uh, seventh, and Perfect. ESPN had Mark sixth. Okay. So. I was the downer on Mark. I had him at 10th, but I think I had him at like 11th or 12th last week. So I moved him up. I think I made a little tiny comment disclaimer saying the only reason I have Mark down here is because I don't know what Daniel Jones is going to do. You did say that. Yeah. <laughs> now that we Daniel Jones dropped to 40, Bob, like a new team, Mark. I'm just a little hesitant to, to crown Mark's team yet because... I just don't see a weekly 40-point score from Marvin Jones Jr. and Nelson Aguilar. Maybe it'll happen. Drew Brees wasn't going to score 40 points probably last week if he were healthy, so Daniel Jones might actually be an upgrade from Drew Brees for him. So <laughs> maybe I'm totally wrong, and his receivers are good enough to get him there. I, I don't know. Jake moved up one spot into our eighth slot. He had previously been ninth. I strongly do not agree with this. You had Jake at 10th. Uh, you know what? I don't strongly disagree. You know, I take that back. I mean, Jake's like an <laughs> 8 to 10. I really like his team now. I'm really looking at it. Uh, it definitely helps if T.Y. Hilton's in there, and I totally yeah. forgot he owned him. I mm -hmm. was just looking at the lineups. So, you know what? 
I th- I think I like Jake's team more than Mark's now. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Jake. Um, man, that Baker Mayfield man, he's really uh not playing well. Yeah, Jake, you're gonna have to pull Baker aside and have a come to Jesus moment. I think Evan also moved up one spot into ninth from tenth. And uh, like we said, maybe Mike Evans is back now. So if that's the case and he's a true wide receiver one fantasy wise, then Evans looking considerably better. I still don't believe in Jimmy G. I mean, he's starting Bridgewater and Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton's basically the new Blake Bortles because it's just pure garbage time. He's slinging it, man. 36 times a game this week was his lowest amount of passes so I far. think this Joe Mixon week was a fluke. I think he's a very talented player. He just on a really shitty team. And then David Johnson, I think he's going to be continue to play well, but man. Um falling 3 spots into 10th was Luke. He had previously been at the 7th. Luke's kind of got this team we we said had a lot of upside because he's got like the Kyler Murray, Mitch Trubisky stack at quarterback, but it's just one of those things where they had a, they happen to have a decent week this week, but nobody else really showed up for him other than Julio. So I don't think Luke's got a tremendously great team and Vance McDonald's is tight end, so he might be starting Jason Witten this week. I honestly think that Luke's team is okay and it's not bad. It's just he needs to get Kyle Allen in instead of Mitchell Trubisky, and I don't think he would do that because he likes Mitchell Trubisky so much. But if he does bench him, his team does get better. The thing is, like right now he's got, because of Damian Williams' injury, he's got Matt Breida at the running back uh, two position. Mm -hmm. And with Chris Carson basically putting every football on the ground, it didn't really do a whole lot. But yeah, Breida's kind of in this really weird timeshare that we expected him to have with Tevin Coleman, but not with Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson. With the easy schedule the Patriots have had, I full-blown expected Sony Michelle to be like top five right now, and yeah. he is very much underwhelming. It's all about that Rex Burkhead. Uh, Burkhead. <laughs> um, Ruining the- everyone's fantasy league. <laughs> In the 11th spot is Ethan moving up one position. This was fucking criminal. You're right. This was egregious to Brian. Ethan, just so you know, Brian had you at the sixth best team after this week. Ethan, I fought for you to have you, whatever Nick was doing with this power ranking shit. I was like, I see Ethan's at 11. Are you sure about that? Because I ranked (laughs) him a lot higher than that. So I believe in your team, Ethan. The thing that brought Ethan down was I had ranked him 11th and then ESPN had him ranked 12th. I don't really know why ESPN has Ethan ranked 12th at this point, but we'll, we can talk about that in a second. Yeah, I the thing about Ethan is, is, as he had mentioned, his running back situation turned out to really well for him this week, but I'm just not convinced that it's going to hold up. I'm pretty convinced that his running back situation is going to get better because we're going to get a trade done. Ah, Okay. So did you factor that into your power rankings? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not yet, so maybe he'll go from a six to a three. Ooh. All right, you hear that, Ethan? You got to make the trade if you want to move up. I believe. <laughs> uh, but I'll say this. Cooper Cup is looking like a boss right now, so that might turn out where he's got a wide receiver one, a true wide receiver one, and, and who knows? A.J. Green is stashed. Maybe the dude will be able to play at some point this season. Maybe he won't, but... So, Ethan, you moved up for me. I'm ready to move you up further, but I got to see it again for another week. I don't, Ethan, I believe. 
And falling the furthest of anybody this week was <laughs> Dylan. Drum roll. <laughs> Fell from 8th to 12th. Yeah, part of it was, honestly, was probably just due to the roster decisions that were made this week. He benched a few people that he just had no business benching. He benched so. Terry, which I told him, you don't deserve him. Because you <laughs> yeah. benched him. I would yeah. never bench Terry. He benched Demarcus Robinson, which should have had two touchdowns. And yeah. that would have been hilarious on top of it. He benched Josh Jacobs, which was good. I mean, he, he would have played Dave Montgomery over that. It had been like five more points, maybe. Oh, yeah, he had Devin Smith in there. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was it was a little weird because, yeah, he sat Robert Woods, who's obviously a <laughs> pretty pretty solid fantasy receiver. Uh, McLaurin, as you had mentioned, Robinson. So, yeah, there were a couple head scratchers on his bench. He went with guys that he thought would potentially just pop off, but were very high risk high reward. So yeah, Dylan, for now, I think we got to move you down to 12th. Dylan, I will move you up. If you trade me, Terry, (laughs) we got some like back alley deals going on here on this show under the table. Uh, What kind of production (laughs) is this? (laughs) All right. So moving on to our superlatives, we had new points champion this week. And that was Mark, as I had mentioned, had a fantastic week. He was one of three people to score over 170. So really just a boom in general. And uh, it happened to be Mark that was the the points champion. Ethan had it for a second. And then I think the the Redskins scored and knocked the Bears defense down a little bit. So it was it was going to be the unlikeliest of heroes either way, it seemed like. The points loser was Dylan. He'd scored 97.6. And as we had already mentioned, he had a few players just totally not show up and do anything for him. Uh, bad call of the week goes to yours truly. I sat Philip Lindsay. Um, I'll admit it. I got a little bit scared about the timeshare in Denver and the fact that the Packers defense was looking really strong prior to this game. And then Lindsay decides to reward me by scoring me 27 bench points. So. I'm actually really upset that you changed this in the show sheet where I said, Nick, bad call of the week, whole bench. <laughs> well, <laughs> the thing is, is I, yeah, Philip Lindsay was my, was my true bad call because he was the highest scorer, but I did have a lot of bench points. I had Julian Edelman score 15.7 in one half of football, uh, game. And then Miko Hardman had 20.4 and Will Disley had 15.2. So they actually outscored James Connor, George Kittle, Marquise Brown, and Odell Beckham, uh, in my starting lineup. It maybe isn't crazy to say I should have started Philip Lindsay over Rex Burkhead, but I feel like I would have been kind of crazy to start Will Disley over George Kittle. I don't know. That's why I changed it on the show sheet. And then the overachiever of the week goes to our dear friend, Ethan. He had been projected to score, I think it was 119 points and ended up scoring 175, 56 just, points. Is that right? Yeah, it was, it was, it was crazy. And I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I doubted your team. Uh, fantasy football is crazy, and uh, I believe in you now. <laughs> Ethan is the sixth. The sixth, or no, no, Fifth. why does it say six? That's it, his overall position in scheduling. He has had the toughest schedule so far, he's given up the most, right? Points, right, so. right, yeah, man, it's been Ethan, tough for Ethan. almost 400 points. That's nuts, man. I think I'm rooting for you, man. 
I always root for Ethan, but I will say this. If Ethan ends up pulling off some sort of top three finish this year without some sort of giant trade coming up where he totally poops all over somebody, I will try to like find the men in black to have my mind wiped of all fantasy football knowledge because I feel like whatever I feel like I know about fantasy football, Ethan must know a lot more than I do. (laughs) (laughs) So. One could argue that I hurt Ethan's team the most because I traded him Jacoby Brissett and he wouldn't have gotten uh, Rudolph or like Kyle Allen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he potentially could have had Mason Rudolph if he wanted to blow his his free agent budget. I used almost all of mine to get Mason Rudolph because he was obviously the most valuable to me having been. Did you see how much I bid? Yeah, you had 40, I think. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. You blew me away with like a 55 spot. Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure I <laughs> I got him. No, man, you did it. You I mean, that's validation right there. Um, so let's move on to waivers just so we make sure we have enough time. As you you had took care of the waivers list, so these are these are the waivers that Brian had had noticed took took place this week. Um, I had added Mason Rudolph and Will Disley, who is currently outperforming George Kittle. And I also added Rex Burkhead, um, but I did drop the Texans in favor of the Cardinals, which was a nine-point swing against me, which kind of sucked. I liked the the Carolina matchup. Maybe maybe it would have been better for me if Cam Newton actually played instead of Kyle Allen. Probably would have. Mark added Nelson Aguilar just in time to poop on me with him, so that was great. <laughs> Brian picked up Dwayne Haskins. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, I'm I'm a sneaky motherfucker. <laughs> Um, I also picked up James Washington, which didn't really pay off this week, but I really think it's going to pay off stashing, stashing that one away for later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Matt did add Philip Dorsett, which turned out to be really great this week. We'll see kind of what happened. Yeah. We'll just kind of see. I mean, he's, he's a guy that he was a first round pick by the Colts, you know, so he, we know he's talented for some reason. He's never just been the kind of guy that has dominated in, in the slot. Like, like we thought he would. So. Maybe this is his year. I don't know. Um, what is it like his fourth year? So his fourth year leap. Is that a thing? I mean, look at all the other outcasts. I mean, the Patriots literally will take a waiver on you if you have a first round pedigree. You know, if if you've disappointed at all, they will still take a waiver on you. I'm really surprised they haven't tried to give Kevin White a shot. This is actually Philip Dorsett's fifth season, just so I'm clear on that. So. I just looked it up. All right. Um, and then last was Kyle Allen being added by Luke. And as you had mentioned, too, had a really nice fantasy week. Um, and I guess it may, remains to be seen if he's actually going to start for Luke. But I don't know. Time will tell. All right. So that's pretty much all we've got on the list for today. Uh, we're hoping to do a preview episode for week four maybe tomorrow, but um, for now, we're going to go ahead and and end it here. Brian, did you have anything else that you wanted to talk about real quick? So outside of you teasing our uh, preview episode, holy smokes, Nick, uh, that's news (laughs) to everybody. I was going (laughs) to drop it, and it was going to be a surprise. God damn it. We got to rewind. 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 Um, anyway, so, uh, a couple exciting news. I think everyone knows we're up on Spotify. We're up on pocket cast. We're up on Google podcast. Now 
So in case you don't want to, you know, go through Anchor or up on those um, platforms. Also, uh, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you for your requests. As Nick had mentioned, uh, we were planning on making another episode. We were going to try to go to two shows a week. We'll have to see how it works out with planning and everything, but we're kind of hoping to do like the preview for the cu- upcoming weekend. And we were kind of thinking maybe Friday or Saturday we would drop the drop the sode. Looking for feedback on that as well. So um, thank you everyone for listening. All right, we'll see you guys. Bye. How the hell you call that? Call it on those guys. I've never seen that in my life. Well, call it on. The Nickel and Grime Package Podcast.